We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast sponsored by BetMGM. It's Friday, February 19th, 2021. Alex Barutha here. No Shannon today. We have Ken only on the line. All aboard. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, RotoWire.com, and now, of course, YouTube. And we would appreciate a nice review on all those platforms. Ken, today you're wearing... The video boy is the video boy uh, for RotoWire. Please give us some comments and likes on your, on YouTube. <laughs> I need it. Just like Adam Silver plugging the uh, All-Star game on YouTube. We, we need some comments. Help me, please. The Roto- the Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast on YouTube is the All-Star game of Rotowire content. <laughs> uh, also, if you are watching the Rotowire uh, YouTube page video, you will see that Ken is wearing a Michael Jordan embroidered Washington Wizards hat. 
bought at the at the then MCI Center for the Wizards. You know, this is the birthday week for Michael Jordan. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Anyway, so yeah, wearing my Jordan Wizards lid in honor of his airness. Jordan on the. But let's Jordan talk about. The, oh, I was going to say, say Jordan on the Wizards was just a very strange era of NBA. It was sad history. and weird. It was his worlds colliding for me. I lived in Chicago at the time, but I grew up in the D.C. area. It was very weird. Uh, all my high school buddies were super excited, uh, but it sure didn't feel right uh, when I'm living in Wrigleyville, going to Chicago sports bars and seeing seeing that happen was. And then those were not the good wizard unis either. That's when they went the navy and the black with the gold. And uh, it was before the gold lame that Gilbert Arenas was wearing. But it was not not Abe Poland's best work with the Wizards. Yeah, kind of reminiscent of when the Bucks went from that classic green and red to the like purple, green, and like gray. Big Dog uh, Robinson, I think, was on those squads. Yeah, just like a very strange branding decision. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get to the news. Uh, Anthony Davis, uh, he's got that strained calf. He's got the Achilles tendinosis, and he was reevaluated the other day. I think yesterday has now been ruled out for a full four weeks. So, yeah, March 19th, March 20th is kind of when we're hoping he'll return. But and let, who let's, knows? Let's get a little more into his injury before we dive into replacements. Our good friends and former RotoWire coworkers, Andre Snelling. And Stefania Bell working together on articles over at ESPN Plus. Uh, Stefania Bell, owner of various medical uh, certificates and qualifications. They wrote about Davis, quote, there's a good chance Davis will be able to return to the court in the second half of the season and even contribute at a high level. The unfortunate news is that he's unlikely to come back after the All-Star break and immediately play at his typical level. While there are a lot of details and factors we don't know from a distance, it's reasonable to assume Davis could see minutes limitations when he returns or reduce back-to-backs. Frankly, I think we'll see both. That's that's my wording. Uh, with an incremental return to his normal minutes. So I, this is brutal to me. I, if, if you've got a Davis fan in your league who's maybe desperate and out of it, see, I'd make a, I'd make a deal. Yeah, I don't... Davis hasn't been playing that well even before this injury, which would be my concern. I think he was like 21 points a game. He was kind of down across the board. Um, I So obviously, like, we know LeBron is going to step up. He has stepped up in these games without Anthony Davis. But do you think there's anyone we can add in fantasy from this? And we should note that Dennis Schroeder was out Thursday because of COVID protocol, so we don't know how much time he's going to miss either. Well, Kuzma seems like the logical choice as he slips into the starting rotation, got a double-double in uh, last night's loss to the Nets. 16 points, 10 boards. He's actually shooting well, shooting 50% over his last eight games. Uh, I think they'd love to get development time uh, minutes on the floor for Kuzma. Longer term, I don't know if anyone's thinking longer term in L.A., but uh, it would be smart to get Kuzma these extra minutes. But uh, you've always liked Horton Tucker. I don't like Horton Tucker enough to buy his $30,000 rookie card off of eBay uh, like people were in the preseason, but I do like him. Um, I think he has more upside than Kyle Kuzma, for example, just as a player. Good defender, 6'4". I think he has a, either a 6... He has like a 6'10 wingspan, basically. Um, and he's he's just like... A, I, don't know, I think he's like 6'4", 220 with a 6'10 wingspan, just like an absurd athlete. Um, good defender can pass. He had nine points, five assists, two rebounds. Uh, 
Thursday, played 28 minutes. So Schroeder's out. Um, like Caruso is going to get some extra minutes, but Caruso's say, not like a stats guy. I was going to say, is, does Horton Tucker get more of a boost from Schroeder being out and them needing some backcourt? You know, I mean, Tucker's Horton Tucker more of a wing to me than a power forward. Um, yeah, that's that, that's if Schroeder and if Schroeder and Davis are out, then it's Horton Tucker gets minutes. If it's just Davis, then it's not as much Horton yeah. Tucker. It'd well, be more maybe Montrez Harrell. Yeah, as I say, we haven't mentioned Montrez Harrell yet. He is a big minutes eater regular season. You don't really care about his struggling ISO defense uh, in the regular season like you would in the playoffs. Big minutes eater. He's, his rebounds have been down. This would be an excellent time for Harold to get his rebounds back to Clipper level. Um, but we'll see. But I, you know, Montrez Harrell didn't, oddly didn't play that much against the Nets last night. Mostly, I guess, because the Nets like to go small a lot with just Jordan as their only center. But I still think, I think they'll throw a lot of minutes to Harold. It's not like, you know, 82 year old Marcus Gasol can play more big man minutes. No, not really. I think you, you'd want to do LeBron Montrez Harrell pick and roll kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you mentioned Montrezl Harrell didn't get a, run, a lot of run last night, but I think that will tick up. Um, you want to talk about this game a little bit more, Ken? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said Kuzma started 34 minutes, uh, playing well, shot 50% his last eight games. Uh, let's talk about on the net side of things, though. Um, Harden, 11 dimes to Kyrie, just getting five assists. But I guess this harkens back to that post-game press conference uh, on Valentine's Day when Kyrie said, I don't know. What, what is it? Kyrie just looked at Harden. I always picture like romantic hearts in the background on Valentine's Day. Kyrie looks across the flat earth at James dreamy, dreamy eyes and says, you are the point guard in a passionate. I don't know. Lover's glance. <laughs> I don't know. And then, and then Harden just takes off with it. Uh, I So, you know, to me, that answers the question, though, is it was like, well, who's going to uh, take the biggest hit? With these three playing together, KD, Harden, and Kyrie, I think it's Kyrie. If his assists are down, um, Harden's still going to get his shots. Harden will be more deciding who is shooting. Harden played nice early, you know, when he was new on the team, but he's going to go back to being the beard, don't you think, Alex? I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, Kyrie is the worst of the three players, right? He's worse than Durant. He's worse than James Harden. So if anyone is going to take the hit, I think. It's probably Kyrie. And who knows um, when he just goes AWOL again for personal reasons that don't get disclosed. You know, he, he gets on like a 11 shot night. and He just says, ah, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, these three guys, haven't, they haven't even played that much together. You know, KD's been out for various reasons. Um, I don't think Harden's missed that much time, but Kyrie was out for personal reasons, too. Um yeah, I mean, they're a really good team. Obviously, Anthony Davis wasn't playing for the Lakers, but still a really good win for the nice Nets here win. because yeah. they are still playing a lot of, like, Timothy Luabu Cabarro and Landry Shamit minutes. And as much as I like Bruce Brown, <laughs> you don't necessarily need 20 you minutes like out of Bruce him. You like Bruce Brown in an NBA sense. You don't like him in a fantasy sense, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. You're, you're three and D guy without the threes, really. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so speaking of Eastern Conference, uh, supposedly juggernauts, the Bucks uh, just dropped to one in five without Drew Holiday in the lineup due to COVID-19. Uh, Ken, does this recent stretch make you feel any differently about them as far as maybe like contending goes? 
Well, it, it sure highlights how awesome Drew Holiday is, which right. everyone knows. Um, I think it doesn't change my thoughts only because I think everyone's still questioned after Milwaukee's big three. What is there? We know Pat Connaughton gets crazy amount of minutes relative to his uh, abilities. We'll say that's fair. Uh, you know, I do. I did have higher expectations for DiVincenzo this year, and he's been good some games and not so good other. You know, he's still up and down. And so th- I guess that's where I'm disappointed. Boy, I hate to see Forbes in the starting lineup, though. That just makes you wince. And serious. I, I realize, you know, with Holiday out, they've got to make some decisions. But seeing Forbes in your starting lineup makes you just pause and I think wince is the right word. Yeah, Forbes, uh, 0.9 assists per 36 minutes. Uh, the man does not pass That's a lot ball. of touches in 36 minutes to not hit an open shooter. Right. Um, There's a lot yeah, of cheap man. assists you get just by moving the ball to the, whoever's standing in the corner. You know, like the Bucks get a lot of cheapo assists on the three. Right. Yet, no. <laughs> I I mean, he's shooting 47% from three, but it feels like when I watch him, he shoots 20% from three. So I don't really know when those threes are happening. Um, DiVincenzo, yeah. You wish he was more of a numbers guy. A lot of his impact comes just in terms of not making mistakes on offense and playing good defense. Like he has the highest, he has the highest point differential on the Bucks at plus 11, um, but it's not helping your fantasy team. Uh, I, I still... I, I guess, do you feel there are what teams are ahead of the Bucks definitively? Like for certain, you would take these teams ahead of the Bucks, not like a wishy wash. Is right. it Brooklyn at this point? It is Brooklyn. I mean, you just assume the big three will be healthy. Got to say the 76ers, of course. Uh, you know, that, that's the advantage of playing in the East. Heck, we, we're going to work, you know, got Boston playing 500 ball there, fifth out East. Pacers are essentially five, one game over 500. They're fourth. No one's really, no one's really uh, proven themselves outside of Philly. Uh, so I still the Bucks are respectable uh, third, even though boy, it's becoming just a really ugly middle three to seven, three to eight, really. If you if throw the Hornets a bone. Yeah, I think the Nets are definitively ahead the Bucks. Um, I still have. Kind of some questions about Philly, but it, again, like the Bucks losing to Philly in like five games wouldn't that like would not shock me. No, um, it shouldn't happen. But at this point, you know, I don't know. Like I love Drew Holiday, so I think once he's back, it'll be good. But Bugenholzer is definitely on the hot seat. You mentioned your Celtics; uh, they have lost five of their past seven games. I mean, Marcus Smart's been out of the lineup. Do you feel like that is kind of the main? Oh, factor? it's definitely a problem. Um, he is their defensive captain and you can see they're, they're not switching as well. The defense is worse without him. And he's actually a very underrated ball mover on the offensive side. But I think smart though also has the veteran gravitas to, uh, coach slash yell at any of his teammates and they know they have to listen and they're, they're missing that now. Walker, Hasn't earned the right this year to gripe at teammates. He was talking about they're not playing hard enough. He's right, but then he also has to look at himself as far as with his uh, return from the knee issue. He hasn't been playing that well. Uh, you know, what, re- what really bums me out, I think two things with the Celtics. One, you bring in Tristan Thompson. You're not expecting much offense, but Embiid just killed him in back-to-back games. He had like 
43 and 39 or 38, I think. Uh, and then Jokic, even in the, the when we beat the Nuggets, Jokic lit him up as well. Now, you expect Jokic and Embiid to go off, but look, just slow them down, Thompson. That's what you do. You rebound and you play D, and he hasn't been playing D. Uh, and then I think what we're also seeing is Ainge really should have moved up to, with well, I had all those draft picks the last two years, and both years didn't move up and now has these nice... Grant William type players, but you know, he's one pick away from Tyler hero. And then this year, two picks away from Tyrese Halliburton, boy, either of those guys would look good in Celtic green. When you had all those picks to move, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Peyton Pritchard's been nice, but you tell me Tyrese Halliburton wouldn't be a massive upgrade. Uh, but this is, I'm sorry, this has been my Celtics rant of the week and I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, they're, they're obviously a team that's probably gonna get, I think they are getting two all-stars. Um, so they're, they're a hundred percent worth talking about. I mean, the one of the best young cores in the NBA still, I think you mentioned Embiid and Jokic, the Celtics definitely do have some issues in terms of like size. Def- you know, I mean, right. if they have to go through Philly in the playoffs, that's going to be a problem. Indiana might be a problem with Sabonis and Miami Ta- could be a problem. Time Lord's got to mature a lot and it could happen, but time Lord's got to mature a lot between now and the end of the regular season. He has spurts where he's awesome, and he has spurts where it looks like he's thinking about playing uh, video games. Kemba's health, too, I think that's a driving thing. If Kemba can become 90% of who he was in Charlotte, or even that. We would take that in a heartbeat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. In terms of a Western Conference team that you feel like uh, let's let's talk about the Jazz some, Ken. We have to give the Jazz some love here, Alex. Twenty-four and five, best record in the NBA. But even more crazy, they've won twenty-one of their last twenty-two, and Michael Conley has missed their last six games. By the way, we sh- questionable for tonight, so Conley has a chance of playing against the Clippers. But listen, to these, these are the wins they've had in the six games with Conley out at Indiana. Then at home, they beat Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and Philadelphia. And then uh, the other night, I think Wednesday, won at L.A. Clippers. That's impressive. You know, and yet they don't really have a, certainly a fantasy superstar. Gobert ranks 45th in nine-category leagues. Mitchell ranks 69th in nine-category leagues. Beautiful team, a lot of continuity. Maybe this is the year where a continuity team uh, has that much more of an advantage because everything else is just utter chaos. I think so. Um, yeah, if you watch them play for one half, you can kind of see why they have the best record in the league, just in terms of like the insane ball movement on the team, the great defense. They made the Bucks look bad, although a lot of teams have been making the Bucks look bad lately. But like the especially quantity of passes the Jazz make where they barely even look where the ball's going because they completely know that that shoot Bogdanovich or Conley or Mitchell's going to be in that exact spot. It's insane. It's you feel like they must do passing drills with blindfolds on. <laughs> I mean, they are someone I, I was listening to a podcast and someone compared them to kind of the old Spurs in terms of just like yeah. the ball movement and the good defense and the good habits. And I can kind of see that. Um obviously like more star power than like the very, very recent Spurs. Um uh, but it's in there. Yeah. Better outside shooters. Yeah, Utah uh, against top ten teams is seven and three. 
with a plus four point differential. And over the past two weeks are four and oh against top 10 teams with yeah. a plus 15 point differential. And O'Neill is a Bruce Bowen, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, you could argue even a better Bruce Bowen. He's well, he's better in fantasy for certain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Bowen. <laughs> Okay, Not better in a bow tie, but yeah, better in fantasy. No. <laughs> let's move on to the waiver wire. Um, there are, uh, we kind of talked about earlier the LA situation. Check to see if Kuzma's on your waiver wire, maybe Adam. If Schroeder gets ruled out for, you know, the typical 10 days to two weeks, if it is a real COVID issue, then look into Taylor Horton Tucker as well. Uh, but as has been the case throughout the past few weeks, what we're going to do going to highlight someone available in about 50% of leagues and then highlight uh, some people available in less than 25% of leagues, kind of a long shot option. Or a long uh, shot of the week, if you will. Yeah, long shot of the week. Um, so players available in 50% of leagues. My name here that I have written down is Wendell Carter Jr. Um, people dropped him when he got hurt. Uh, yeah. and he's Understandably back. so. He wasn't lighting it on fire before he got hurt, too. Yeah, he hasn't. He that's a good point. He hasn't been lighting on fire, but he is back now. I think he's played two games. Only rostered in 41% of ESPN leagues, eight category leagues. He ranks 121st. So if you're in a 12 to 14 team league, you can probably like just. I mean, you might be able to add him if you have a bench spot that you're not using. Like I have worse people than that on my bench for sure. Yeah, well, and, and maybe the headline too is a lot of people picking up Thad Young, who's playing well the last couple of weeks. But you've got to assume. This Bulls team would be crazy to hurt Carter's development by playing a lot of old man young. Though they are desperate for some W's. True. Yeah, they are trying to make the playoffs with, without a doubt. Uh, okay, Ken, who who do you have on your list? I've got uh, another name probably mentioned in waiver wire columns for the last six years. <laughs> Jay Crowder, back as a starter for the Phoenix Suns, only rostered in 37% of leagues. Look, Crowder hits threes. He's really good in nine categories because he almost never turns the ball over. Surprising rebounds as he gets a lot of his minutes now at power forward. Um, Crowder's got the muscle to play power forward. I don't think Frank the Tank's going to give him a lot of minutes challenge. Do you, Alex, even though I know he's a Wisconsin Badger? Frank Kaminsky is not that good. (laughs) Frank Kaminsky, not that good. Frank Kaminsky, side highlight, parents went to Northwestern, yet Northwestern didn't recruit him. Because we had no talent. (laughs) (laughs) Don't understand that at all whatsoever. Anyway, moving on. Jay Crowder, he's got four games next week uh, with the Suns. Uh, Cameron Johnson's not playing that that well lately either. So I I think that also helps Crowder's case. But I just think they like his defense uh, as well. So uh, I see him sticking as a starter. Um, So Jay Crowder is my available in 50% of leagues of the week. Who do you have as your long shot, Alex? Uh, this week it's Marcus Morris. Uh, if you're in a Yahoo league, it's less of a long shot because he's 49% rostered there, but he's only 25% rostered in ESPN. So check your wire there. Ranked 84th in eight cat over the past two weeks, averaging 17.6 points, 4.3 rebounds, three and a half threes and one assist. He's not a great fantasy player cause he's kind of just like a points and threes guy. Uh, but again, you know, he's been playing better lately, started off the year slow. Um, and there's no reason he should only be 25% roster. I mean, he's someone, if, if you're on a four-game week, I mean, him and Jay Crowder, 
these are guys you can basically keep on your bench all year. And when they're in a four game week, you put them in the utility right. spot. Right. And uh, we really don't know. I mean, kind of, you know, better than I do, doing the hourly injury updates for Rotowire. We don't know the health of the front court for these Clippers. Yeah. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, both, I think, questionable for tonight's game. Um, and we know, you know, that team is always going to be cautious with the stars. So there will be some nights where, uh, especially if you're in a daily, if you're in a daily lineup league, that Marcus Morris, I think, would even be more valuable because it's kind of the, you know, the the in and out nature of, of Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. And we have to give our standard brother slash twin slash same last names disclaimer. We're discussing Marcus Morris, who now goes by Marcus Morris Sr., yeah. Uh, not Markeith Morris, his twin brother playing for the Lakers, who we didn't even mention when we were discussing minutes available with Davis. Just, Markeith Morris is just ready, I, ready I for the know. pension, ready for the pension. Yeah, I, I think he is. Um, <laughs> even though he was good in the playoffs last year, he was, he was yeah. great. He's better than Kuzma in the bubble, which I, if you're sensing a theme of me thinking everyone else in the Lakers is better than Kyle Kuzma, it's <laughs> close to being the case. Um, yes, but I'll, Kuzma's got all that sweet uh, shoe money, so everybody loves Kuzma. <laughs> he he got a nice contract, that is for sure. Nice contract, uh, okay. famous girlfriend. Yeah. All right, Let's, my long shot. Yep. A name we've mentioned before, but I think it's important to point out because he's back after an absence. Theo Maladon, only 13% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Oklahoma City Thunder guard is back healthy after a five-game absence. Last two games, he started and played 34 and 28 minutes. Uh, he's actually started the last eight games he's been available. So the Thunder are really investing in this 19-year-old. We know Shannon loves him. Shannon would be chiming in now if he were uh, on the pod with us. Uh, here are his averages last eight starts. 11.1 points. Okay. 3.4 rebounds. Okay. 3.1 assists. Eh. 1.8 steals a game. And he's hitting 2.4 threes. So, uh, hey, the Thunder had nothing to play for this year. Frankly, it's a great development situation for Maladon. They, they should give him as many minutes as he as he can take. If he's healthy, I love his upside. Maladon is not even 20 years old yet. So if you are in a dynasty league, he is 100% someone that you may be able to steal, but you probably can't wait too much longer if you're trying to swoop in. Uh, he gets four more games and you leave. Yep. Uh, I also wanted to bring up, uh, it's not, I mean, he's still kind of a long shot of the week because he's still not rostered very highly, but Grayson Allen, I brought yeah. him up maybe two, three Bravo. weeks ago. I picked him up while, during the pod in, uh, my, <laughs> uh, in the Yahoo league, my, my, uh, uh, grad school buddies and had a great week for me. He was awesome. So I owe you a thank you. Thank you, Alex. i I appreciate that. Uh, I, I think don't like people, picking up Dukies. I'll be honest. Do not like picking yeah. up Dukies. I think he. I think he still has kind of that like. He still got that stench on him. <laughs> you know that that Grayson yeah. Allen. Well, you know. also the the stench from his Utah, you know, nothingness. Right. Yeah. You see him. You see him walk on the court as an opponent. You like make sure to put extra ankle braces on because he'll try to step under your feet while you're <laughs> shooting and dribbling. Right. But uh. Over the over the past two weeks, he's ranked 83rd in eight cat leagues, 14 points, four threes, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. He is a good player. Uh, I, I will say that. Um, and the Grizzlies are kind of desperate for like anyone to emerge as their third or fourth best player 
Um, and he Brooks has had some injury issues too. That helped this week. I don't know how long that lingers, but yeah, and he's a chucker, Dylan Brooks and yeah, Grayson they, Allen they, at least. They like Brooks though. They they, they like his moxie. He's you know he harkens back to the grit and grind days for them. Yeah. Um, okay. Who you have a dull suggestion of the week as well, which I, I like this segment. <laughs> Here's my dull suggestion because his game's a little dull. Uh, and this is the third week in a row, and I'm mentioning him, but no one's picking him up. Uh, Houston forward Jason Tate. He was my long shot last week and the week prior. Uh, he's a guard on Yahoo, by the way, but he's really been playing power forward or at least co-forward with Daniel House on Wednesday against the Sixers. 19 points, six boards, six assists, and three steals. You know, uh, Christian Wood's still out and uh, now reportedly walking with a limp. So we don't. I, I'm I'm sure Wood's out at least another day. Tate's also shooting 60% over those last eight games. Doesn't get a huge amount of attempts, but uh, very efficient, hence the dull uh, label. But 25-year-old Ohio State rookie Jason Tate is our dull suggestion of the week. <laughs> he, You're right, he is playing more forward. Most of his minutes come at forward, but he is 6'4", 230. Uh, so he is kind of like Which a P.J. Tucker. power build. forward in the Houston Rockets rotation the last few years. <laughs> He might be yeah. center when Boogie gets hurt. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the Rockets like kind of recent. It's just like let's just instead of tall like lanky centers, let's just put like fire hydrants in front of people yeah. <laughs> and dare them to run through them. If we only had more PJ Tuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see like their entire roster full of guys like that. I think it Where would do be... you think Tucker ends this PJ Tucker ends the season by the way? I actually think he's going to go to Boston. And we kind of going to regret it because we're going to realize, oh, he had a lot of games where he didn't score at all. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it depends how much you want the ball in the hands of like, I mean, if, if the ball's in Tatum, Walker, Brown's hands all the time, you don't need P.J. Tucker to score more than like eight points. I think it makes sense, but I also think Boston needs a real center also. Need more help. Yeah, yeah. They don't need another fake center. They need another actual <laughs> Exactly. <center. laughs> You know, he Tucker would be nice on like the Bucks because the Bucks don't have a backup center at all. Like they don't have one. So, you know, that would be a nice it would be nice to have someone back there. Um, <laughs> OK, let's let's move on to DFS. It is a nine game slate. I like am very certain that takes into account the Dallas versus Houston postponement. Which uh, keep an eye on all of those games because I'm pretty sure Houston plays tomorrow as well. Denver uh, Charlotte also postponed. Yes. Um, so Houston plays tomorrow as well in Houston. Uh, keep an eye on the status of that game if you have guys on your team because I really like who knows if that game is going to be played. And then also on Saturday, the Mavericks, I think. No, maybe that's Sunday. The Mavericks have another home game sooner than later. So keep an eye on the situation in Texas. Um, I think everyone kind of knows about the snowstorm situation and uh, losing power and everything that's going on there. Uh, in terms of the slate, more specifically, the highest over-unders, we have three games over the 230 mark. OKC at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's on the second half of a back-to-back. Phoenix at New Orleans and Chicago at Philly. As far as the main injuries go, as always, uh, half the time that we do this podcast, this segment becomes outdated <laughs> by the time it's posted. But, yes, uh, use the Rotowire lineups page. Use the Rotowire lineups page. 
By the way, did you know the traffic wise, that's the most popular page on RotoWire? I did. Um, I that's great because I mean NBA injuries are that's like fifty percent of the way you win DFS. Yes. Is just it's all value plays based on that. You have less time to prepare. It's not like NFL where it's like, oh, we have a week to just kind of look at stuff. Um, as far as the questionable guys go, it's Kawhi, Paul George, Jalen Brown, Draymond Green, Mike Conley. Probable are Ben Simmons and Evan Fournier. Doubtful is Stephen Adams. And I will use that to say that my value play of the day is Willie Hernan Gomez against Phoenix, go. the backup center in New Orleans. He's forty four hundred. He's been taking minutes from Steven Adams lately. I feel like that's kind of like an under like no one. Charlotte, has, how come Charlotte never gave Hernan Gomez a shot? They had they had no centers and they never. Why didn't they give him run? He was like their only young talent that I thought that was smart when they traded for him for the Knicks. It's irrelevant for tonight's DFS. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's OK. <laughs> uh, no, it is relevant because that's that speaks to the point of like, you know who he is because he is so good when he plays a little bit that he makes enough of an impact. Um, so we have Steven Adams out. And like I mentioned, Herring Gomez has been in the lineup lately in four appearances this season where he's seen at least 20 minutes. He's averaging 31 fantasy points. So that's 12 rebounds, 12 assists two, or excuse me, 12 rebounds, two assists. Uh, and the over-under on that game I mentioned is high as well. It's over 230. Um, so I think he's probably, as far as I could tell, the best value on the slate overall. Qualifies uh, as center on FanDuel. Yeah, and you only get the one center spot on FanDuel. So I think he will be extremely popular, should have a, a really high roster percentage. Um, is anyone is anyone in particular sticking out to you, Ken? Well, on the discount side of things, because... You mentioned both Paul George and Kawhi questionable. I want to see if Marcus Morris is going to keep his hot streak going. We know he's never sh- – sorry, Marcus Morris Sr. We know he's never shy about uh, shooting the ball. Uh, they're going to need his points tonight. Uh, so I like Morris against Utah. And, you know, wouldn't shock me if Utah blew him out and they'd be happy to give Morris garbage minutes. There is there is definitely blowout potential in that game. Um It'll be one of the most, I mean, that game, if Kawhi and Paul George do play, is a very much a marquee game, I think, worth watching. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on Marcus Morris, though. 5,300, that's like the perfect salary for him. Uh, and I think, you know, even if those two do play, that it's not, you wouldn't be throwing your money away by keeping Marcus Morris in your lineup. Uh, as far as more high-priced guys go, it, you can't really look at the Joel Embiid versus the Bulls matchup without liking it. Um, and I like I, I mentioned Wendell Carter Jr. being back, but he's not he's not the guy to stop Joel Embiid. Like he's solid defender, he's not going to stop Joel Embiid. And Daniel Gafford's not going to stop Joel Embiid. And Dad Young is not going to stop him. Who has Daniel Gafford stopped this year? Uh, <laughs> give me give me one matchup where everyone's like Gafford. I like him in this this uh, this line. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't give you a name. Uh, uh. Embiid, six games this season with at least 60 fantasy points. Again, we would not be surprised if he hit 60 fantasy points in this game. He's a good cash play. He's a good GPP play. He is. He's just Joel Embiid. Um, You're high on on some front court Pelicans. Yeah, Zion. uh, 8,700 against Phoenix. This, so Phoenix has a good defense. 
that would be my main concern is that they stick Jay Crowder on him. At the same time, I don't know if Jay Crowder is quick enough to guard Gian, or, uh, Zion. Um, so averaging 50 fantasy points across the past four games is Zion. I can't really stress enough how differently he's been playing lately. Um, they're playing him in pick and roll. They got him at the top of the arc doing isos. He is not just a post player anymore. If you watch any sort of highlights from recently, like he is handling the ball for them. Like him and Ingram yeah. are in a very similar kind of like we give him the ball, we set a pick for him, we let him work. And Zion has been dominating that way lately. So I think he's kind of underpriced. I think that'd be a uh, good arm wrestle new. match. Jay Crowder versus Zion. There's some guns on those guys. I thought you were saying Brandon Ingram versus Zion. And no, I'm like, that'd be you don't want Brandon Ingram <laughs> injury in report. Yeah, out for the season, <laughs> arm wrestling Jay match Crowder, with Zion. Jay Crowder, mano a mano with Zion on the... What was the Sylvester Stallone movie when they, they taped their hands uh, together? And, I don't know, it was like arm wrestle to the death or some stupid... I don't know, sorry. I don't know either. Um, <laughs> Let's who, get back to DFS suggestions. I like... And I always like him. My man, Freddie Van Vliet. Uh, Kyle Lowry, game time decision, ankle issue. Do you have any more insights on the Lowry uh, ankle issue? For Not the- that I know of. No. And he's old. I, I know his ankles hurt. So uh, I like Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Even if Lowry plays, he's going to be definitely on a minutes restriction. Uh, you know, he came out twice in the last game with ankle issues, then missed a game. Uh, so I like Freddie Van Vliet, 8,000. Uh, against the Minnesota team that we know, frankly, has defensive issues. Yeah, that um, I like those Raptors guys for sure. Yeah, Minnesota is us. They're a sieve. You just they, you can score on them. Pretty- you got to wonder, do, are they really playing? You know, Edwards is. I know. You know, I know they want to develop Edwards, but do they are they already tanking this season? Like, is it already done? So many losing years for the Timberwolves. I, I brought this up with Nick. Uh, I want to get your opinion on it. Who do you feel worse for, Bradley Beal or Carl Anthony Towns? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go with Towns due to the actual deaths in his family. Basketball situation. Basketball-wise, I mean, Towns got what he wanted in bringing Russell in, right? And that now Russell's out four to six weeks and... Frankly, didn't play that great before he got hurt. Uh, they're making the moves they that Cat uh, wanted. Beal wants to be in in Washington. Uh, you know, he's he he had his many windows to go nuts and demand a trade and hasn't done it. So, yeah, I, uh, at this point, I think I mean that trade is going to end up being terrible. I think Wiggins is better than D'Angelo Russell, and they gave up their top three protected pick this year. Isn't saying a lot, frankly. I know. I know. Um, okay. Speak, kind of in the same vein, it yeah. is time for your old man rant. Remember when triple doubles were impressive? How did they get so cheap? Russell Westbrook had two this week for those Washington Wizards while shooting an ugly 35% from the field and 0 for 5 from 3. He also shot 2 of 7 from the charity stripe last those last two uh, games and had 13 turnovers. Mason Plumley this week even had his first ever triple double this week against the Pelicans, 17 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, but zero blocks, zero steals, zero threes. 
For Plumley, that's one triple double in 558 career games. The Wiz and Pistons won all three of these triple double games, so maybe maybe I should be quiet. I guess I pine for the days of Oscar Robertson. The Big O averaged a triple double for the season in 1961 and 62. It's only his second year in the NBA with Cincinnati. He averaged 30.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 11.4 assists. Now that's a triple-double, and he did it all year. That year he shot 47.8% from the field. He should have been getting more shots. They didn't even track steals or blocks back then, but I assure you he got a hell of a lot. Russell Westbrook, you are no big O. Work on your shot. Kind of got into like a deep dive of Russell Westbrook's stats lately, and it was painful. Um, I Do you remember when he scored like 41 points and everyone was like, Westbrook's back? Right. And so, people people were like, you know, buy low on Westbrook. This is your last chance to buy low. And I was thinking, this is your last chance to sell high. Right. Um, right. So, right. so, right. so, so s- since he scored 41 points against the Nets, he is shooting. He is scoring 16 points on. Listen to these shooting splits: 41, 15, 54, uh, and 5.1 turnovers to 9.6 assists. He's also scoring only. I sorry, this turned into Westbrook hate podcast. Westbrook is scoring only 0.62 points per possession in isolation. That is the worst in the league. Of anyone with at least 50 ISOs. Really? The worst? Yes. The worst in the NBA with anyone with at least 50 ISOs. And 50 ISOs is not a lot. You actually gave him a lot of you gave him a lot of a lot of room there to not be I last. Uh, <laughs> the only worst marks over the past five years belong to the likes of Dylan Brooks, Josh mm. Jackson, Kevin Knox, Willie Cauley Stein, Raymond Felton twice. Uh, Jared Sullinger, Stanley Johnson, Nerlens Noel, Moutier, the, the, the list goes on. That is an impressive list of disappointing players. It really <laughs> is. You know, when you're, whenever you're mentioned with Jared Sullinger, you know, there's going to be a wince inducing fact coming out, you know, uh, you know what, you know what they always used to say about Sullinger, give him the ball, let him work. You know, he's a walking bucket. Now, now it's like, get him. Don't get between him and the buffet. (laughs) (laughs) That was the case when he was playing, too. Exactly. That's what I used. That's what I thought they always said. Yeah. Don't get between him and the buffet. Oh, for probably an all time straight record. We have, I think, had almost no mispronounced names. Um, We need, you know, next week it's the all European. We go all European player discussion and we just butcher the heck out of. Every name, you know, out there. Yeah, well, uh, you need to start tanking this podcast <laughs> a little bit harder. <laughs> exactly. We're uh, going to do a, a review of uh, Eastern European players, up-and-comers, uh, next yeah. week. And just we're, doing a, we're doing a Miroslav Radulica <laughs> career uh, retrospective. <laughs> Give the uh, people what they want. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, on the somehow continuously improving Rotowire NBA basketball podcast. It is presented by BetMGM. Ken, take us out of here. Let's go to Chicago this week, where Zach Levine got in a dust-up with Josh Jackson Wednesday night. When asked about it, Levine said, 
The only people I'm scared of is God and my dad. Attention passengers! This three-car, oh, actually two-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Woo-hoo!